In a world where all the movies are about superheroes, two friends team up to talk about movies from a simpler time, a time before iPhones. They'll search for deeper meaning, mock things they don't like, and of course, there will be spoilers. Please join Terrence McHenry and Hollis Lazzarini as they get real nostalgic. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. We're back. We are back again. Welcome. This week, we watched... Silence of the Lambs. 1991. Yes. This film was directed by Jonathan Demme. Mm -hmm. The novel was by Thomas Harris. It was the second in a trilogy that he did. Yep. And the screenplay was by Ted Talley. This film won five Oscars. Wow. Kind of... They, they call it a sweep. Um, best director, actress, actor, screenplay, and best picture. Yeah. There's only two other films that have ever done that. What are those two other films? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the alternate cast on this film is mind-boggling because I personally cannot imagine anybody else playing Clarice but Jodie Foster. Yeah. But the alternates, the, everyone before her... Mm-hmm. Was Michelle Pfeiffer, Melanie Griffith, hmm. Gina Davis, and Meg Ryan. They all turned it down because it's just too dark, too violent. Yeah. I think I could have seen maybe Michelle Pfeiffer do it. I don't know. I've, obviously, Jodie Foster was a good play or a good person for this role. She was perfect for it. But um, I've always liked Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer in like Scarface was, was awesome. And I think she played her role really well on that. But I don't not not any of the other people not Meg Ryan yeah not, no none of those. So then for Doctor Lecter, okay, it was Gene Hackman, Sean Connery, Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro, and Dustin Hoffman. No, yeah, no, I don't think any of those guys could have done it for me. Like Anthony Hopkins was just he's just a a weird guy so i think he was perfect for the role as far as hannibal lecter goes so like i don't yeah none of those other characters could i don't think could have done that that role perfectly like he did yeah yeah no way it actually came down to the studio and the director making a compromise the studio really wanted jodie foster mm -hmm. and the director really wanted Anthony Hopkins and mm. neither was sold on the other. Okay. And so they made a bargain and they said, fine, if you take Anthony Hopkins, I'll take Jodie Foster and history was made. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The other strange thing was the release date because. Didn't they release it on February 14th? Yes, Which sir. is Valentine's Day? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's crazy. So creepy. Yeah. And movies, I mean, when you get a release date like that, it's typically you're doomed. Uh-huh. And so. The fact that it stayed dominant five weeks in a row, number five one weeks movie, in a row. Yeah. is insane. Yes, not crazy. What most of us remember when we watch this film is Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. No doubt. It's really compelling because they actually only have four scenes together. Yeah, it's true. The story, the novel, was inspired by a real-life relationship between criminology professor and profile Robert Keppel. Okay. And serial killer Ted Bundy. Really? Yeah. Bundy helped Keppel investigate the Green River killings in Washington. While he was in jail? or mm -hmm. Okay. 
so it, it this was kind of based on something that actually really happened. Wow. And Bundy was executed in 1989, and they solved the murder in 2001. Wow. And the murderer, the Green River Killer, was Gary Ridge, or yeah, Ridgeway. Mm-hmm. He pled guilty to murdering 48 people. Wow. But they estimate that the number is more in the 90s. Wow, yeah. People only typically admit to so many things, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's so creepy. Very creepy. And, you know, I know you also really love true crime. Yes. And that's one of the reasons this film, when I when I really started thinking about it, I think I know I watched it when I wasn't supposed to, probably mm-hmm. at a friend's house, and it, it did spark something for me to see this level of a deranged mind it captured my attention mm-hmm. and and I have been a follower of true crime. I don't go as deep as a lot of people. Yeah. I don't get obsessive because I can only handle so much, but yeah. I am totally captivated by this concept yeah. because it's a special mix of things that went wrong in this person's development that and their psyche and yeah. yeah. And it's petrifying. For to sure. Me. And, I, you know, as a kid, I, I don't know why. I, I think I was around 10 or 11. I had this fascination with serial killers. I grew up in L.A. and there was the the Night Stalker who was Richard Ramirez. And, you know, I read about, you know, people like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy and other, you know, serial killers. And I don't know why I was so intrigued by them. And, again, I think it was just me as a little kid wondering why people would do such a horrible the horrible things that they did right and and do it continually like over and over and over again like as as many times as they can and again like uh, once they're caught they admit to to so much but there's they're always they always say that we think there's so many more like right he moved around so much or you know and then out on the outside, people are like, he's such a nice guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, John Wayne Gacy was a clown, like for kid parties and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just mind, it's mind boggling. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So there was so much research that went into this film. I feel it really shows. Mm-hmm. Um, they did work with the FBI. The FBI worked with the individual actors. They mm-hmm. wanted basically to use this film as a recruitment for women because they didn't have a lot of uh, female FBI agents. Mm -hmm. And the author of the book, I believe he, he pulled from three different serial killers to create Buffalo Bill. Okay. The first, so it's just aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, The first was Ed Gein. Ed Gein, he only murdered a couple people as far as they were aware, but he, that's where the skin suit came from. He would actually rob graves and steal corpses and he would make body suits out of human skin crazy literally yeah uh ted bundy yeah um they used his luring tactic of pretending to have an injury to um evoke sympathy from his victims for sure and so that was that element Mm -hmm. and the third was gary heidnick and Mm. he kept his victims in a well Wow. So they took those things and blended them together and out popped Buffalo Bill. And he is so scary. Yeah. He, his character He's is very, very scary. scary, scary man. Yeah. I would want no part of that. Kind of a rare thing for this era. 
um, our protagonist is a woman. Yeah. And when we meet Clarice, she is still a student. Yep. She's running the course at Quantico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of the things we learned about her immediately is as soon as she's talking to Crawford is that she is an overachiever. Yep. Quite a, a, a spectacular human being. For sure. And a wealth of knowledge too. Like, yeah, you, you can see, like you said, she's worked really hard with where she's gotten to at the point that she has in school and, and just the way her mind works is, is I thought was awesome. Like she played this role perfectly. She really did. I think. Yeah. The, I mean, the movie I feel just kicks in immediately mm-hmm. and it has really, really great pacing before we know it. We're already about to meet Lecter. Yeah. It, there's something about seeing Jodie Foster. She's a small woman, and so we immediately attribute a bit of vulnerability to her. She has to travel down multiple flights of stairs all the way down to this basement that seems so archaic and medieval. Yeah. Especially before you get to Lecter, because all those cells are so dark. Yeah. And those people are so insane. I mean, For these sure. guys are so crazy. They can't be. Above the two floors above. Yeah, with the regular, <laughs> with the regular population. Inmates. Yeah. <laughs> this entrance, actually, when you first meet Lecter, is a rarity because typically a, a character will enter the screen. In this shot, you go to him. Yeah. Standing there in his fitted prison jumpsuit. Right. Yeah. So, what did you think of that first interaction between Clarice and Dr. Lecter? It was it was it was crazy, just like the the braveness of of her character of being able to go down there and and know the craziness that he's done. Like I would want no part of that, but she was calm, cool, and collective. I think when she she started with him, and she I think she showed right away that she wasn't just a pushover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I like how Lecter immediately was like, Crawford sent you down here so you, so to try to make me talk. He, uh, he tricked you into coming here because he knew that it would make me kind of open up to you more than anybody else. Right. So their interaction was like she held fast. Like you can't, you can't, in front of somebody like Lecter, you can't like show any kind of opening and i think even crawford kind of prepared her for that he was like don't don't let him know anything about your personal blah blah blah." but i think her mind was stronger than 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 crawford even knew yeah and i think even lector i think might even made mention of that yeah yeah as soon as lector is insulted by her Mm -hmm. he does a 180 and he throws it right back at her yeah he starts picking on her appearance and he starts picking on her accent. Yeah, and... West, pure West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You try to hide it, but I hear that pure West Virginia. Like, yeah, and you're he just sees... a step away from poor white trash, aren't you? Like, like, yeah. Yeah, he goes hard. Like... But then she brings it back at him. She says, "Yeah, turn that eye on yourself, Dr. Lecter. What, what do you see? Tell me what you see. And that's when he does the, you know, the census man tested me once. And I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah. And he was like, what I, I loved about that scene was that later on the the um, the extras, I watched it. 
And he was like, I threw that in. And he goes, I thought they were going to say cut. You know, like, no, okay. And he's like, but the director loved it. He was like, oh, you're so sick. And I was just like, dude, Anthony Hopkins is a weird ass dude, man. Like, just the way he talked. And he was like, I really wanted to get into this role. Like, my thought was maybe he actually, like, went out and killed some people while he was, like, preparing for this role. Like, we should check into that. Really, no disrespect, Anthony Hopkins. Don't come murder me, please. Right. <laughs> but you played this role perfectly, and I, I, I just wonder how you were able to get into that kind of character. It, it was just crazy. It really was. So their first interaction, she knew everything about him and what he would do or what he was capable of, but she was still hold fast, like confident in her speak, asking what she wanted, saying what she wanted. And, you know, she, she worked her way in there and she, she obviously did what she needed to do and was able to figure it out. Yeah. And when, when Lecter is essentially done with her session over Mm -hmm. and then when Miggs throws his semen in her face, Spider-Man her ass. (laughs) <laughs> it makes me flinch and cringe every time it yeah. doesn't matter how many times i see this movie yeah. i still have a, a reaction it's yeah. so it's gross and, and that's I, when you learn that hannibal lecter isn't just a monster no he really isn't he he because the first i had to rewind it the and he said what he did what migs just did i mean it, he felt insulted yeah. You know, in this way, it's almost like it's his space Mm -hmm. and they just are here. And how dare these other people treat somebody that came to see me Mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that opens the door for he's like, all right, I'll throw you a bone. And he also it's a test at the same time because he does not give her clear information. He even says, like, you're smart. You can figure this out. And then he throws all this information and it's such a heightened moment. And then she again springs into action yep. and we see her at the storage unit. Yeah. What I loved about this scene, sorry to cut yeah. you off, is so they're at the storage unit and she's there with the guy that's like the owner yeah. of the storage unit who's totally rich enough to have like a really nice vehicle and a driver. And uh, she kind of looks over at the guy to see if the driver can help and his response is, my driver totally deplores like hard labor. <laughs> like he won't help. Like not at all. Like motherfucker, I pay you if I tell you to do something. Like come on, like let's do this. But he's like he deplores hard labor. Like he ain't gonna help you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, she's very brave because uh, if I would have had to crank that door up with the jack of my car, like. To be able to get in there, I, I wouldn't have done it. Like, I'd be like, dude, there's got to be hella spiders in there. Like, this is, no, I don't want to do this. And then <laughs> and then if I would have done it, the minute I would have, like, cut my leg on the thing, even if it was a minuscule cut, but I would have been like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Nah, I'm not going in there. We're just going to have to call somebody else from the FBI to get in there and look around. Like, I'm not going to do it. But she was brave enough to still go in there and see the shit that she saw. So from there, she goes back to Lecter. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, it was the, she passed the exam. Yeah. She figured it all out. She gets there. And once again, we see him do something rather 
courteous. She's got wet hair. She's been in the rain. Mm-hmm. Boom. Towel. Gives her the towel, yeah. Even though they told her never to take anything right. from Lecter. She takes it and puts it on her head. Sure does. Yeah. And that was the other thing that the the rules that she bends, it's it's subtle. Mm-hmm. It's that, yeah. you know. But it wasn't, you know, she didn't try to smuggle in a paperclip. Nope. <laughs> or a pin or anything. No, she didn't. And it's in that moment where we get a little more insider depth into Buffalo Bill. Yeah. From the actual doctor. Yeah. You know, I, I really feel like in those moments he was he was coming from his actual experience and, and you know, there was a reason he sent him. They kind of play with it the whole time. You don't know if he actually knows the identity, the real name mm-hmm. of Buffalo Bill or if he's just playing it. Yeah. And I still don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like he did. He he used what name did he use? His name was Lewis Friend. Lewis, yes, Lewis Friend. Yes. Yeah. So that's still kind of a mystery, but it doesn't actually matter. I believe it's at that point when she gets the call that they found a body. Yes. That scene is with graphic. the flabs missing out of the back. Yeah. Yeah. And. To me, that's when Clarice's character, it, it takes it up a notch. Maybe she, it's like her first time seeing like a dead body like that, you know, and you see them putting the stuff on under their nose and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I'd be able to see that kind of shit. Like, I just, yeah, it's not. This so not for me. Yeah, this, I'm, I'm big on smells and smells. Even with that thing, I would I would probably yak. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be bad. The autopsy brings her an actual victim and the horror of what she's seeing. She feels like she has to solve this because he knows he's not going to stop. Yeah, he's going to do it again for sure. One fun little side note in that scene, though, the moth that they pull out of the victim. Yes. It was made of Tootsie Rolls and gummy bears. Yes, I I saw that. Did you see that? (laughs) I did. And how they painted on the skull. To make it look like this particular moth yeah. because they didn't do it in time like they needed. If they wanted that particular moth, like they would have, it was like the wrong season, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so they had a, a, like a, a Lee press on nail that they painted that like skull thing. I forget what they called the moth. It was like a the something death head. death head. And so when you, when he opens that part up and he says they had to put stuff in it so that it, when they cracked into it, it like oozed. And, and then when they opened it up, they put a Lee press on nail in there that they had painted. Like the, it looks like almost like a skull mm-hmm. in the back of this, this particular moth And they put it onto a nail and then put it in there. And it looked real to me. Like if I wouldn't have watched the extras, I would have never have known that I'd have never known that it was made of candy. Right. You movie know magic. I mean? yeah. yeah. Then we see Buffalo bill kidnap his next victim Mm -hmm. this scene's rough this scene is pretty brutal it really is uh it's another one of those things where when you're watching as the viewer and you still are thinking no well i like how even before that like they actually kind of introduce you to the girl that's going to be kidnapped by buffalo bill and she's driving in her car and she's singing away at the music that's playing and again the music I thought was pretty good in this movie, um, but she's singing away uh, "American Girl," yep. and uh, she's just in her own world and singing away and loving life, driving home to 
to take care of her cat, but I love how they, they introduce you to her. And although, of course, I've seen the movie, so I knew it was coming, I, I, I almost wish I could remember the first time I saw it and what I thought about that scene and, you know, not making sense of it until, you know, it progresses and then you actually see what's going to happen. Like, it, 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 it's like I said, again, it was more of like an introduction and I kind of dug that about. Yeah. You know, that cinematic approach. I had a friend tell me that Silence of the Lambs ruined the song American Girl for Did them. It? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because every time they hear it, they think that's of her. That's what they think yeah. of. Wow. And um, and to me, that's one of the reasons I love music so much is that it can leave that kind of impression. For and, sure. And when you have the two mediums come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she's walking up with her groceries and she mm-hmm. sees this man with a cast on his arm you know picking up a chair and dropping it and struggling and making the noises yeah she's she's torn yeah Yeah. and you know every time i'm thinking just keep it moving yeah like i said i'm a dude and i might have just kept it moving i'd be like yeah he'll figure it out you know it sucks but he'll figure it out but i'm also that same kind of guy not in that sense same kind of guy i'm the kind of guy that i'm not gonna ask for help like I'm gonna I'm gonna do it myself. Like I'm gonna like when I moved from San Diego back to here, mm-hmm. I pretty much did it in like a day. Like I got back from Mexico. Um, I knew that I had to be out by the twenty first. I waited until the twenty first. Like I packed up my boxes and stuff like that. But it was December twenty first. Everybody was with their families. It was like right before Christmas and I literally loaded my U-Haul by myself. And what was funny was, is a girl actually helped me load my dresser into the back of my U-Haul. And what I do you know? never put that perspective together until right now. That's but hilarious. I pretty much loaded that whole U-Haul by myself. Like, because I'm, honestly, I hate when people ask me to help them to move. So I don't ask people to help me move. I just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering now if if this movie did leave maybe a mark on me with this because I don't usually ask for help. Mm-hmm. If I'm carrying something heavy or loading a car, unloading mm-hmm. a car, and a passerby says, oh, can I help you with that? Yeah. I'm always like, nope, I no, got I'm it. Good. It's yeah. cool. Thank cool. you. <laughs> People don't offer that for me for some <laughs> strange reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately... Catherine gets snared by the net of Buffalo Bill, trapped in the van. We see the first interaction, of course, everyone's favorite lines. Yeah. It puts puts the lotion lotion on its skin skin or else it gets the hose hose again. again. Yes. She doesn't want to be in the pit freezing cold. So she's like, fine. Puts the lotion in the basket. Yeah. And after that scene is when Clarice goes back to see Lecter with this fake deal. Yeah. Lecter pretty much catches on to this deal isn't as sweet he doesn't realize it's a lie Mm -hmm. but he knows something is is up and that is when clarice kind of shifts gears and she breaks another rule crawford told her do not tell him anything personal about yourself but when he suggests quid pro quo pro quo yes she says all right and to me it was another element of that she's willing to put her make herself vulnerable to this insanely smart and manipulative serial killer or seem vulnerable that's that's kind of how i got from it you know what i mean because 
again, you realize that she's obviously stronger than and than even he thinks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he throws out all this stuff to try to get personal information about her and does all the stuff that how he reads her and sees her and sees all that stuff. But she's obviously strong enough to not really let it affect her. The the stuff that she that she discloses at that point mm-hmm. that the hardest thing was her dad dying and yeah. and I felt was stuff that she has obviously processed and dealt with and Mm -hmm. although it hurts it's shareable yeah but it's still a level of bravery Mm -hmm. to me because there is good reason to not tell him this kind of stuff but i I love how too again she she kind of puts him in his place again he's like why did you run away clarice did the farmer touch you did he make you do fellatio and you know blah, blah and she was like no, he was a good man, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, why would you say that to me, doctor? It's more like Briggs or that yeah. guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was like, uh. Yeah, she totally, it, oh, it's so good. Yeah. The writing just, yeah. I can't even, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, that's why I say she was stronger than I think even he anticipated. You're right, yeah. And she's going to be this epic FBI agent, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. very smart, knows her shit. So she basically leaves with a little bit more information. She doesn't get this deal solidified. And then we find out that the other psychiatrist has been, he's got a tape recorder in there. He's recorded the whole thing and he, he uncovers the ruse and mm. he tells Lecter yeah. and he's really stoked about it because yeah. wow. I mean, that guy is a real piece of work. Yeah, no you know, it's, it's interesting because he has no manners. Mm-hmm. The guy who gets to live amongst them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying we should let Lecter out. I'm not saying that. But it's just, it's interesting, the moral fabric. For sure. and the Or the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. I still cannot figure out how that idiot left his damn pen yeah. in Lecter's cell. Because, no I doubt. mean, I see that it was slightly obscured by a towel. But mm-hmm. come on. But, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. You, you, you don't know that you... And then later he's like... Yeah, can't like, find my damn pen. Can't find my you pen. You freaking idiot. <laughs> and so he strikes the deal with the senator, mm-hmm. which leads us to yet another fabulous mask scene. How many cool masks do we have? I think there's at least two. Yeah. There's the one he's wearing in the scene where he's being chastised by the doctor. Yeah. And then the scariest mask, yeah. which was a hockey mask that they cut apart and yeah. then put those little freaking little great, metal things in things, there. Yeah. Woo! And that conversation is so creepy that he has with the senator Mm -hmm. he's he's sick like he really was like anthony hopkins oh man seriously yes you did that so amazing yes that's when we get to our final scene Mm -hmm. with clarice and lecter and to me the stakes are different here because a she's not even supposed to be there yeah. She kind of wiggles her way. She manipulates her way in yeah. to go have this last conversation. And I think Lecter actually is kind of surprised to see her. Yeah. It's at that point when he's like, we're going to continue our quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. And that level of vulnerability when she, I felt like she didn't want to tell him that part of the story mm-hmm. with the lambs and the yeah. slaughter and everything. But if this is what it takes, yeah, then she's going to go there. For sure. Maybe I'm misreading it, but it just felt like it was such a heartbreaking experience, especially because it haunts her to that day. No doubt. I lived in this part of Santa Rosa and 
Uh, the field behind the house that I lived in was a field that they kept sheep in. And one night I was at home and uh, watching TV and there was like a quick bit of silence between whatever it was that I was watching. And I heard like what sounded like a baby crying. Mm-hmm. And so I go like to the sliding glass door and I open and I can like hear it. It's continuous, but it's from the field behind my house. And I'm like, did somebody like abandon a baby in this field? Like it's crazy. So I'm like flashlighting this field and I realize it's actually a sheep, like a baby sheep. And what they've done is separated the sheep from the mothers so that the baby would stop feeding off the mother and eat the grass. But the baby is calling for the mother, this baby sheep. And it sounds like a child, like an infant crying crazy like an infant crying so she takes off Lecter tells her everything you need to know is in this case file mm-hmm. you're smart enough to figure this out go yeah the the scene where she is in the first victim's room and she finds those polaroids inside of the like the music box. music box yes i've still can't figure out like what am I supposed to take from these photographs? How did the photographs hit you? Those Polaroids, like it—it's almost like she, because I don't know. It was really weird because I was trying to figure that out too. I was like, you know, it looked like almost like she was posing for those yeah. photos. Because I, if I remember correctly, she might have been smiling and she some was, of them. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like naughty photos, maybe for somebody in particular. You right. know what I mean? But yeah, I—I I, I didn't get that scene fully. But then she just puts him aside as soon as she hears this cat meow. The cat draws her into the sewing room mm-hmm. where it all comes yeah, together. Where she sees that dress with the two like diamond shapes yeah. in the back. Yeah. And she calls up her boss and he's like, oh, it's cool. We already got him. We got this. Yeah, it's we fine. We're on at. the way. Like, yeah, yeah. We... She's like, I'm, I'm on my way. And he's like, no, it's don't fine. worry about it. Just we got this. chill. Yeah. And she for some reason, decides to just follow through with, with this lead. investigation yeah. to intercut both of those scenes. Yeah, the, the, the raiding of or the raiding of the wrong house yeah. and then her actually showing up to the right house. Right. Yes. Oh, wait. I'm so sorry, everybody. I forgot to talk about the dance scene. The dance scene. Yeah. Yes, okay, did. so <laughs> Buffalo Bill in his little pleasure basement where he's got all his favorite things and princess that scene is in the book but it is not in the screenplay and jonathan demi and ted levine basically just went on their own to shoot these scenes and ted levine who plays buffalo bill he decided it has to be in there mm-hmm. so he improv that entire dance okay and the song is called goodbye horses okay who is it by? By Q. Lazarus. Okay. The artist, um, Jonathan Demi, just heard her playing her song in her car. Uh-huh. He's like, I love this. Huh. I want to use your song. And from what I hear, she just completely disappeared in all the royalties that she would have earned for that. Uh-huh. She never collected. Crazy. Yeah. Huh. So this scene actually led to some controversy. Actually, the entire character of, of Buffalo Bill, there was some controversy around it because they felt like this was a characterization of of a gay man. Another bad depiction of a gay man. Yeah. Like they said that, that every time 
you show a character that's gay, he's got to be a killer or something like that. And even Levine said, there's an interview with him where he says, the character's not gay. Mm -hmm. You know, this is him trying to figure out what, like what, whatever, but it's not that he's gay. That's not the issue. And so I, I love that about this movie again. Like this movie just just works on so many levels the hostage Catherine, she gets super crafty yeah and she lures herself a precious yeah and gets that dog the only thing that he freaking cares about really cares about and loves Mm -hmm. yes and she she throws that bucket up with the little bone and she yanks precious is it princess or precious 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 down in that hole and she, she, yeah, she, she works Buffalo Bill from down there in that hole with that dog. And she, I think there's even a scene where she's, she's like telling him that, that her, his dog is hurt. She, 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 she's like, I'm sure she broke her leg on that fall, but the whole time she's holding it by like the neck and the head and she's showing him like, I'll kill this fucking dog. Yeah. Like, let me the fuck out of this hole. Like I've been down here long enough. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like fucking putting lotion on fuck you like let me out yeah. like she turns her fucking her her the whole thing around on him and i i i love that you don't get to see that very often no. either where no. i mean she you talk about a perilous situation she has zero power in this situation and she finds a way but she's also sassy the pretty much the entire time yeah i like that i mean what's the worst that's gonna happen i think i would i would be at that point too i'd be talking hella shit like fuck you you punk motherfucker like let me the fuck out of here i swear to god you give me the chance i'm gonna fuck you up like like what's the worst that can happen you already he's probably already gonna kill you anyways like yeah might as well get my fucking two cents worth in before i go out right like yeah i'll tell you what you what i think yeah yes yeah. So that brings us to the the cross back and forth between mm-hmm. which house are we at yeah. and reveal, boom, they're at the wrong house, nobody's yeah. there, and Clarice is with the real. The real real. Yeah. Yes. And And I love how she she's there and she hasn't at the door, she hasn't figured it out. Um, she's in the house for a while and hasn't figured it out. But then at the same time, Buffalo Bill is fishing her for what's going on with the case like he's like you know the 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 local cops they they you know they they don't seem to have they seem to have their heads up their butts like you know do they have anything you know do they have any suspects do you have any dna like he's fishing from her to find out information about whether or not they're on to him or not and at that point she's not on to him I don't think it's like right before she figures it out when she sees all the sewing stuff. And then, you know, he's found the card and he's like, come get it. Like, and she sees the moth. Yeah. And then the moth. Yes. The moth fly. And she's like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. (sighs) Now I got to pull my gun on this fool. (laughs) Because as soon as she she saw the moth, she unclicks the. um, She does. And her on her holster. Her holster. Yes. On her gun. And then he's got the hand cannon back there on the stove. Like I was like, and they make they make a point to show it. Yeah. At that point, they really do, and that thing's friggin' huge. Yeah. 
You know? It's a double barrel something. I... No, no, it's just like a, a, a revolver, like a, probably it? like a three fifty seven. It was a, a handgun. Okay. Yeah, like I love guns. So, I know, I know. Yeah. So we both, or they both have the realization the gig is up. Yes. She's like, you know, freeze and that, and he's just out. Yeah. yeah. It was really confusing. I love how they never really give you a good idea of the layout of this basement but this yeah. basement is freaking huge yeah i mean come on how many rooms are in this damn basement and then to still have like a pit down there too like on top of that like that shit's crazy like so nuts yeah we learn a lot about him actually um just to support the prior points about him this person is really confused mm-hmm. and also full of hatred did yes. you notice all the swastikas Yes, and on his blanket, I, I did notice that. I was like, oh, your lovely swastika blanket on your bed. That's, That's so awesome. Nice. And pink or whatever. Yeah, like, like this yellow. pinky yeah. color. I'm like, what? <laughs> and there's like a flyer, more yeah. swastika. I'm like, wow, yeah. okay. Clarice pretty much just follows the sound of the screaming woman. For sure. And, you know, kind of learning from her prior mistakes earlier and in mm-hmm. scenarios, you know, checking her back, making sure she's going through For those sure. doors properly, securing those doors. Uh-huh. She gets to the point, you know, actually, I thought that was really funny is mm-hmm. she finds Catherine and Catherine's sure. like, screw you, bitch. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> she's sassy with everybody. She ain't just sassy with Buffalo Bill. I laughed so hard at that part of this movie when she's like i'm gonna get you out of there i just need to go over here screw you bitch get me the fuck out of here like i've been down here long enough like no fuck you get me out of here uh, <laughs> yeah so so funny yes um and frightening and i would feel the same way no doubt don't but, leave me but at the same time she can't just Take no. the time to put her gun down right. and help you come out of this thing because she don't know where the fuck Buffalo Bill is and that fool will come up and knock her ass into the hole with you. Then what do you got? You ain't got shit. Right. And the gun up there, it's all bad. And he's like, it puts the lotion on the skin and it puts it in the basket again. <laughs> like, and Clarice ain't going to have that shit. She no. ain't putting no lotion on. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> so... As she's kind of moving through this labyrinth of a basement, mm-hmm. she comes across, it's really quick because the lights are, or, so she, you see this bathtub and you see a body yes, that has been, like a it's decomposing been just, I think nastiness. that was Mrs. Lippman, oh, the owner okay. of the house. Ah, okay. Now, I do think there is, it's kind of strange that nobody realizes that, yeah, that, that Lippman's dead, yeah. but as soon as you kind of focus and realize what that is mm-hmm. power out yeah. everything's dark yeah and that seems crazy uh, it dude. really is because let me tell you if it were me and i were clarice mm-hmm. the minute it would have gone dark i would have started shooting right? <laughs> <laughs> it would have just been like blam 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 reload blam 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 until i felt like i was good <laughs> Again, she was a much braver person than I am because, again, as soon as the lights would have went out, I would have started shooting. Oh, so terrifying. So creepy. It really is like how he's got those night vision goggles and it's like you think he's going to touch her at one point, but he he like refrains from it. And then he's got the gun behind her and you're just like, no, like, what's he going to do? And then... 
all of a sudden, blam, 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 blam. Like, yeah, I would have resorted to that a long time ago. Probably the worst thing to say, but like, if I'm in fear for my life, I'm going to unload my whole clip into you. I'm not, I'm not going to like shoot you once and hope for the best, (laughs) but like, yeah, not Terrence, not me. I'm going to (laughs) unload. I'm going to unload the whole clip, reload, and unload. They'd be like, did you have to shoot him a hundred times? Yeah, he was still moving. You know? Like, right. <laughs> I was scared as shit. Like, for real. You know what I mean? But And yeah. actually, Buffalo Bill was still twitchy, you know? Yeah. And, like, and I... Yeah. You know, I might I might take the, the Terrence method on that myself. <laughs> yes, I've converted her, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> it... it it doesn't scare me like it did the first couple of times I saw Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. See, I always viewed it more as a thriller, not a yeah. not a horror. But they it was classified as a horror movie. It's weird. They they flip flopped everything I read about it. There said you know you could really take it either way, mm-hmm. but it's so sophisticated. I can't look at it as a horror film. Yeah, I, no. I really feel it's more of a thriller. Yeah, it's not as violent. You know, it has its violent tendencies, like yeah. the scene where Hannibal Lecter. We didn't the, even talk about yeah, this yet. So about the two guards to get out. This is know. the most brilliant plan, right? Yeah. And it also, again, ties into... Actually, it's another little hint of Gein mm-hmm. because his plan relied on wearing someone else's skin. Yes. So in this other really interesting way, to get what he wanted, mm-hmm. he does what Bill, Buffalo Bill, was doing. Yeah, he wears, dude, he wears the guard's dude's face. skin. It's, it's so creepy. But what's weird is, is he's... Obviously not really hurt at all. All he's doing is wearing this guy's face. Yeah. But the medical people are helping him. Like he's acting so much like he's going into shock and they're administering medicine with him, doing all this stuff to him. Like, and he's, it's almost like he's oblivious to it all because once they're up and going and it's just him and the dude in the back of the thing, he raises up like you would have think they would have sedated him, like done something. They obviously didn't like mm-hmm. he raises up, he takes the face off and then kills that dude. And then later they find the ambulance with all the dead people in it. Like, well, and it's they uh, mention when um, Chilton brings Clarice down for the first time, he warns mm-hmm. her about how, you know, he will bite your face. Yeah. This is what happened. He said yeah. his heart rate never got above 84. Yeah, I remember him saying that. when they're in the ambulance. The EMT says heart rate 83. Wow. So I think that if the victim from an EMT's perspective, because I totally have no idea, uh-huh. but maybe they thought, oh, we don't, he, his heart rate isn't, is, isn't crazy. So, so he's probably yeah. all right. And they're all running on this assumption mm-hmm. that this is a, an officer. not Who's been mauled, basically. <laughs> yeah. But the really captivating moment in his escape for me was when he gets that baton in his hand yeah. and he just raises it over his head and he just over it and over is again. Yeah. so creepy that was anthony hopkins it was his idea they were going to put him in an orange jumpsuit uh-huh. and he said you know what i think you should put lecture in all white yeah make it clinical it works so well because then you can see all the blood splatter very yeah. clearly and then when it's all over and he's just conducting his own little symphony, all bloody. Yeah. And it's so visceral. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is this is what he lives for. For sure. 
the risks or or the potential for failure it just never seemed to register for him Mm -hmm. it was like here's the perfect plan and now i will execute execute the perfect plan and now i am free this movie oh my gosh he calls clarice on her graduation day like completion she's gonna be an fbi agent and they're like oh everything's great by the way you have a phone call you know and it's hannibal lecter and he's like don't bother tracing i won't be on long yes you know but he's like don't worry i'm not coming after you like i wouldn't ever like you're you're just the type of person you are i i have no no reason to come after you at all yeah and then he tells her i'm gonna have an old friend for dinner and they show chilton the doctor getting off the plane wherever the fuck they are and hannibal lecter in his wig and hat and just and strolls it, down the street. Isn't it interesting? Because for me, I love that Lecter gets that win. Yeah. And it's because, like we spoke of, spoke about earlier, it's like that guy is such a piece of crap. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not comparing them. Even, but, you know, that Chilton guy, even from the beginning, he when he meets uh, Jodie Foster's, Foster's character, He's like, how long are you in town for? Mm-hmm. You know, because this city with the right tour guide can be, you know, quite exhilarating. And he makes this fucking creepy fucking face. Like, yeah. it just shows you his creepiness right away. Oh, he's he's such a troll. Yeah. And, and I love that typically you're always rooting for the good guy. But mm-hmm. in that last moment, you're actually pretty pumped that, that Lecter's going to kill him. Yeah, he's going to eat his fucking liver slowly <laughs> torture him or something like yeah. you know something horrible is going to happen totally. to that guy but mm-hmm. you don't feel bad for him not even a little bit i guess that's all i really have to say about it loved yeah. it great movie still like still even, love it even still freaky even though you know it's coming yep. and it's you know again that scene in the end with the night vision just still like creeps me out every time and it's it's just i love it cinematic it's perfect the way they filmed it everything was so meticulously planned Mm -hmm. to me it's 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 exciting it was exciting to see a strong female lead Mm -hmm. take on this level of terror for sure this level of craziness and prevail so what are we going to watch next week uh the jerk by steve martin okay or with steve martin excuse me i don't know by steve martin but with steve martin one of those classics Excellent. No doubt. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. Continue to tune in. Tell your friends. We appreciate it. We do. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week. Next week. Good night. Good night, guys. Thank you again for downloading. We hope you liked it. Real Nostalgic is produced by Hollis Lazzarini with additional support from me, Terrence McHenry. Our logo was designed by Carissa Westfall. Please check out our website, realnostalgic.com. Like, share, subscribe, and write to us. We'd love to hear from you.